Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello, John Holmes here, off of the podcast you're about to listen to. It's the The One Show show, and what's more, we are doing it live this Thursday, the 2nd of September, at the London Podcast Festival. If you'd like a ticket, then get them. Uh, you can go to um, kingsplace.co.uk or Google London Podcast Festival. The The One Show show, myself, Mark Haynes, and our guest Danny Robbins, off of the Battersea Poltergeist, live on stage, dissecting The One Show like it was a dead frog. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show! Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, and unlike the sea off Dominic Raab's beach, we are open as once again we see TV's The One Show scuttling across our screens, and despite being scared of it, we attempt to catch it in a podcast so we can throw it outside. Then it moves again, of course, horrible, awful thing, just changes direction when you're least expecting it, so we end up rolling up the podcast in a panic and smashing it to bits instead before it can run back under EastEnders and hide. It's that time of year, isn't it, They're coming out. I'm John Holmes, yes, it's The The One Show Show, the podcast that gathers up the shattered remains of BBC One's flagship early evening magazine show in a tissue and throws it in the toilet, taking that deep dive into television's shallowest programme. Now, the one show is on its summer break, but don't worry, because they've left clumps of it on the iPlayer for us to mop up. And yes, there might well be a shortage of products in supermarkets and fast food outlets may have run out of that gloopy shit they peddle, but fear not, because dull films about field mice and painful chats with celebrities are still abundant on the one show's shelves. This week, then... 
Patula Clark, the bird woman of the green sofas. A dead bike gets hung from a bridge, and you're like Dempsey and Makepeace. Joining me to burn it all down are, of course, Mark Haynes, and a comedy legend, no less, from his work on The Day to Day, with Leon Herring, Alan Partridge, Oscar-nominated twice for co-writing the Borat films, the pop noodle adverts of the mid-90s, and his new podcast, Brain Cigar, is a work of terrible genius. It's only Peter bloody Bainham. Peter Bainham on the programme. Welcome, Pete Bainham. I wish you'd led with the pot noodle ads, but that's the only thing that I'm really... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Proud of the rest is. Yeah. First of all, we should point out that we're talking to you. You're in LA, of course, where you now yeah. reside as a result of your pot noodle success. Yes, um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a certain American brand of pot noodle. <laughs> so, well, the one show, of course, doesn't make it all the way across the pond. So, have you ever? I don't know when you moved out there. Have you ever seen the one show before now? <laughs> I've seen. I mean, the things I have seen glimpses of it when I was back in the UK a couple of years ago. So I was working on a, a, a mated movie. And uh, I was there for like a year and a half with my family and I would see glimpses of it, but I would have like, it's very funny to hear an intro when you say you fear it. <laughs> funny thing to fear. Cause I, you know, and I, cause I sent, I messaged you online saying I thought the idea of a show about the one show was kind of, was genius. And I, and I, <laughs> I held it. Um, and so I would see tiny bits of it, but I would have that slight, which I'm sure you've, you've taken to a very unhealthy degree. <laughs> you know, the, that slight kind of, God, was that, you know? And so, yeah. it, so I would see tiny bits, but those shows always make me feel, well, it's, I mean, I'm sure you've, I'm sure there's n- no new observations to make because you've been doing this for a while, but like, but it feels to me like a, it's weird. It, it feels like a, a breakfast tele- breakfast time show that's mm. just stayed on the air. Like they've locked the, <laughs> they've locked everyone in, and then they've sat on a couch, presumably just in their own mess. Like having to, there's no toilets. There's, they just sit there and they just they're just trapped. They're probably being terrorized. It's like in Reservoir Dogs with you know the whole stuck in the middle with you, where they'll probably cut their ears off with their razor if they try to leave. And then they, <laughs> then they start again. Okay, we're going to let you present the evening show it's very yeah very surreal so yeah. i've watched a couple of episodes thank you yeah but them. Yeah. but watch yeah well you're welcome you're very welcome <laughs> it was a delight yeah. to send them to you as a sort of gift it's sort of um, it's yes. sort of illegal to send them to people isn't it because it's, <laughs> think, it's something yeah. nobody wants and you know you're only sending them to cause problems i haven't had time to build up my horror you know it's like it was a quick fix of it all you know and yeah you've obviously been living in this dark place for a while. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I wanted to start this week by, by um, sort of zoning in on what sounded like a terrible film remake, which was called Rav Wilding and the Hunt for the Missing Rental Buyer. Oh, God. And Rav Wilding has been hitting the streets on the hunt for the missing rental bikes. Out, you are not going to believe where these bikes are ending up. Some... Ghana. Shut the front door. Rental bikes ending up in Ghana. Talk me through that. Incredible. Ridiculous. But before that... (laughs) I mean, I watched this sequence twice because I couldn't get enough of it by the end, Mm. if I'm honest. I mean, it was classic one-show fodder. It is a film which is about a company who tracked down those city rental bikes that you get by typing your credit card in or something. And and they go missing. People yeah. steal them. And one, as Alex told us, has been found as far away as Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> they mentioned Ghana yeah. twice in the intro. So when it came up in the actual piece, it had no impact. They are often found vandalised, set on fire, stripped for parts, or simply abandoned. Some have been found hundreds, even thousands of miles away. From the Netherlands and Germany to Africa. One continues to send its tracking signal from Ghana. And if I was Rav Wilding, I'd be like, that was the best part of my film, and it was squandered by the introduction <laughs> yes. on numerous occasions. I um, I, I mean, it's a weird thing. Rav Wilding always speaks like 
he is trying to to get across the fact that he is being held across uh, against his will. So, <laughs> no, did he go? I mean, is that? I mean, I was wondering, did he go to Ghana and they just accidentally cut it for time or something like that? Where, like, <laughs> He said, here I am. And he's got very investigative journalists at that point. Like, I'm, I'm in Ghana. Then he's just walking around the streets and he's just kicking doors in, you know, with the, uh, you know, just like, just screaming, like firing a machine gun in the air and just going, where's the, where's the bike? Where's the well, bike? Liam Neeson film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because they, they sort of built it up. It was almost like sex trafficking for bikes, the way they were going on about it. And I sort of wanted them to kick a door in like that and just see a load of bikes on a filthy mattress. Shuddering, where, you know, yeah. just waiting for people to, who have sex with bikes to have sex with them. That's what I was... Well, I, I was I was concerned. I mean, I, when they do... I mean, obviously, when they go into the woods, that whole thing with the oh, GPS is great. taking them to the woods. And I'm thinking, are they going to find the bike, like, in a shallow grave? <laughs> we'll find it somewhere. We may have a GPS guiding us, but it's not showing us the bike's exact whereabouts. All right, so you think it might be over there? After searching the woods, I notice a clearing that leads to a riverbank. <laughs> With somebody still on it, like a skeleton on it, like just holding off fishing it out of the water. It's just like it's a, it's it's it's, it's like it was scary, like a corpse, know? wasn't it? It was like yeah, a corpse. Yeah, yeah. The guy who was leading him round was called Dylan Bucock. Dylan Bucock works for Next Bike in Cardiff. He leads a team of bike hunters who are responsible for recovering misplaced bikes. Dylan Bucock uh, leads the team that have to track the bikes. And mm. they mentioned with that bike that was in the canal, it's been missing for more than 10 weeks. Oh, well done. God, they're not light, are they? This bike was missing for more than 10 weeks. I thought, well, considering it's his job and he has a team and GPS, why didn't they get it nine weeks ago? That's right. Why didn't they leave it there for two and a half months? They before found they go, it. Go really I think the one show rang them up and they said, well, they kept pushing the item, you know, so they said, oh, we've got one that's been missing for two days. And they go, sorry, something's taken over. Like, you know, there's a war. We're going to have to push the bike thing. And then 10 weeks later, he says, I want the bike back. You know? uh, well, the, the fact that he got it out with a grappling hook, I mean, you're sort of staring at it going, well, it's not Batman. What are you doing with that? Luckily, I brought this grappling hook, so we should be able to uh, have a go at getting it out. All right. Then he sort of half-heartedly threw it into the water but and, and immediately hauled the bike out. But you and I know that that was about the 20th go at trying to hook a bike from the middle of a canal yeah. with a grappling hook. Yeah. I mean, it was all very seamless. It's worth pointing out, though, that that sequence where we watched a dirty bike being pulled out of a canal with no resistance was the most exciting thing that happened in either of these two shows <laughs> by a long chalk. And there was, a one, there was also then a shot, because they like to sort of talk about where people leave these bikes, and, uh, quote, up against a fence or a wall. <laughs> yeah. This is probably one of our most common finds. It might be, a, you know, up against a fence, up against a wall. This is the sort of thing that our drivers will find and collect on the daily. And then there was one hanging under a bridge like it was the mob's accountant. That was, it was brilliant. Just, and also the wonderful bit of CCTV footage where they showed some local lads kicking the shit out of a bike on the floor. Oh, throwing rocks bike. at a bike, yeah. <laughs> that was the best bit of feckless, bored, bored, shitless what vandalism everywhere. They... I think I wrote it out. It says, these boys were found throwing bricks at rental bikes. In Cambridge, a group was captured deliberately throwing bricks at rental bikes. Um, <laughs> the, the fines, the incremental yeah. fines. Yes, like, yeah. With first offence, it's £10. Second offence, it fades down. For a first offence, you are fined £10, a second £20, and a third £30. 100,000 per... Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you don't cap the fight. But, but when it came back to the studio, when they were, t- they, they, you know, Jermaine the footballer, because we should say this was Alex Jones and um, Jermaine Jenis, wasn't it? The the footballer That's presenting right. yeah. these yeah. episodes. And it came back and he, he was sort of going, well, why is it just £10? It should be far more. And he sort of got on his high bike about oh, the whole yeah. thing. But do we think that £10... No, it's is not. Is it big enough to turn? No, it isn't at all. I, I don't get why they're kind of letting no. people off so quickly. But it's not like that everywhere, is it? No, it's I not mean, everywhere. around the country, they have their different... Yeah, I think you dump your bike, punished. Can't be using it again. Simple as that. Right. <laughs> it was almost like, I want them to be hung under the bridge if you, with their firing bike. Squad, yeah. 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 If you think how old Jermaine Janus is... Uh, yeah, then kill him. Kill the bike some people. Of his, some of his like footballing money was obviously invested in a start-up about bikes yeah. you could hire. I'm sure he's part of one of these bike renters. So naturally, he's very much sort of like, I think anyone who damages one of these bikes, they should have their hands removed. They should be surgically I, removed. Have you exposed the scam that, that one show presenters are running bike rental schemes? But this is also the first time, like Peter, we've seen Jermaine Janus. We've never seen him do the one show oh, before, have we? That's right. Wow. No. He was, no. he was quite good. I've got to say, he was like, you know, he, did that, he had that sort of light... Yeah, easy going. You know? he, he slightly was like, when you were about nine, if you yeah. ever had a policeman yes. come to talk to you at school and you'd be like, oh, he's quite a nice policeman. And he's got that sense yeah. of, he's talking down to you a bit, but he's doing it in a friendly <laughs> way. Um, he's, uh, how, old, how old do you think yeah, he is? Yeah. How old do you think he is? He's I think I looked 31. this up because I didn't know who he was. Is he 38? He's 38, 39? He does, he wow. does, he looks yeah. about 26. You know, right. that is remarkable. He does. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh, not that I've been to Wikipedia or anything, but he played as a central <laughs> midfielder for England club sides, Nottingham Forest, Newcastle United, Tottenham Hotspur, Aston Villa and Queen's Park Rangers. He's even scored one goal for England. Um, just a bizarre career path where you end up being on the one show talking about dumped bikes. Advocating a firing squad for your fourth offence. Yeah. Like, you know. Alex, by the way, did you notice there was, I think this was in the second episode we watched, where where even she began, like we do on a constant basis, dis- she was despairing of the researchers and their questions that they must ask the guests in order to involve them in what else is going on. So Matt Damon was on promoting his film, right? Mm, and they'd yeah. just come off the back of a film about the making of Static Caravans, which is oh, peak one oh, show. <laughs> and she said, now... Uh, Matt, have you um, you like caravans, don't you? <laughs> and, and he sort of looked, and I think because of the delay, and then she said, is that right, or have they just made it up to do a seamless link? <laughs> Matt is a big fan of a caravan, we hear. Yeah. I mean, is this yeah. right, or have they just made this up now? To do a no, seamless no, 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 link. that's true. Did she say that, a seamless yeah, link? She said those, those very words. Oh, my God, she's amazing. I mean, I, I, are you coming to the caravans yet? Or oh, please, yeah, pile, pile in. There's no real order to this. Well, it's just yeah. a, it was a dark... I mean, my, my, my childhood was spent in static caravans because we used to have one. My, my, my dad had one when I was, like, 11. Uh, I, right next to Cardiff Airport, Roos Airport in Cardiff. And I remember we used to sit in our static caravan watching pe- planes fly to nice places overhead. Like, he's just sitting there <laughs> playing cards by squ- and playing Snap by, can- by those little gaslights they have, yeah. you know. Um, but that's, again, I mean, I, I'm sure that you must have a, that, that guy that was presenting that as well. Like, he looked like he... A you know, quite you know. flamboyant presenter for what was a yeah. very, very dull segment. Think caravan holidays and Hull might not be the first place that springs to mind. But the city produces more static caravans than anywhere else in the UK. And the industry has experienced a post-pandemic boom. 
But what is it about them? So when, you, when they're yeah. sending people into static caravan manufacturers in Hull, they've gone, we need something yes. to zhuzh it up a bit. Uh, and now, hey, come this, he, he sort of, he could have been like a character from like a sort of like Lee Francis ITV2 <laughs> hidden camera show where yeah, they'd say yeah. we're doing Is a, he not a regular? Is he not a regular? Never seen he, this No, before. not seen him before. Oh no, no. no. You, I don't yeah, think they yeah. even identified him by name. <laughs> just like his presenter nine he seemed to enjoy the static caravan so much that i actually don't think he has any experience of having been in one i've um, i had the same similar experience to pete which is that we used to go away and stay in those and you know the reality is it's a shed but it's got a carpet and yeah, a dining right. table yeah. any sense of adventure is destroyed by the word static yes. <laughs> static it's like it's like, you know, when you stay in an apartment, they don't say we're going to be staying in a static apartment. <laughs> I'm saying I've got a suite at the Four Seasons in L.A. It's a static suite. It's like it's like it's reminding you that things haven't worked out yeah. with your holiday yeah. and you're not going backpacking in the Amazon. Yeah. You know, you're doing static backpacks. We, I, we can bond together. I too yeah, spent bonds. large proportions of my childhood in a yeah, static yeah. caravan in, in yeah. uh, near Dolgethley in Wales. Right. And that, uh, and weirdly, my parents, my, 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 it was, they bought it when my, my nana died with the money they yeah. left, right? And she was called Doris. And so it right. was always sort of, you know, the Do- Doris's, Doris's static caravan, even though Doris never oh clapped God. eyes on it. But then yeah. a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, Storm Doris threw a tree on it and smashed it to bits. So oh, there was a sort of, Sort of circular. No one was in it at the time, but it was a nice circular. Yeah. They, so they don't have a static yeah. caravan anymore. I love the fact that your grandmother was so absolutely horrified they'd bought a static caravan with their hard earned <laughs> money that <laughs> she waited to destroy it. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. (laughs) 
Hello, it's Mr. P here. And the other Mr. P. And we are the hosts of two Mr. P's in a podcast. The educational podcast where you don't actually learn a thing. No, instead we explore the weird, wonderful and downright hilarious things that happen in school from people actually doing the job. We reminisce on our own time at school, funny things we experience each day. And of course, we share your hilarious stories from the chalk face. So if you work in a school or just want a nostalgic trip down memory lane, sit up straight, fingers on lips, and get ready for the lesson. My favourite line in this was people were saying why they were good. They were talking about you can bring your dogs, your cats, your lizard. You can bring your dogs, your cats, your lizard. <laughs> and it reminded me of like any time we did go to them, there'd always be one strange bloke who did have a fucking lizard. <laughs> you know, it was a really odd sort of slightly frightening bloke who'd, who'd have a lizard and he'd be feeding it like crickets out of a bag you know and it just it just the fact that it's still going on 20 years later there's still yeah. blokes out there with lizards who go the natural habitat for a lizard in britain is the static caravan i did enjoy the line let's find out why brits are ecstatic for statics to find out why brits are ecstatic for statics i'm meeting confirmed campers sue and paula Oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I mean, somebody, somebody, somebody. I know one person at one point said, um, and I just always feel very pedantic when they say things like that. When somebody said, "You just can't beat a good old British holiday." You can't beat a good old British holiday. And I thought, like, be funny if, if that broke just snapped at that point. And the investigative reporter within who says, "How, how could you? Just, have you got anything to say to the families of people?" Who said, like, have you, how good? How dare you? I mean, there are things that are better. There's recovering from a serious illness. There's, there's, there's winning. To, like, this is a crazy statement. Do you understand? There are better things than a good old British holiday. Yeah. When they started getting into the thing of going, of course, you know, th- th- this is how much they are and aren't they good value? And then they said, but you will need to put aside two to £12,000 per annum for a pitch. Oh, yeah and annual service charges. You also need to pay for a pitch in your chosen caravan park and then pay annual service charges. That can add from two to £12,000 a year. 12 grand a year? That's yeah. a, yes. that, I mean, that, that's a, a huge amount of money. They had a family who were, who were talking and they said, <laughs> uh, the fees here are equivalent to one fortnight's all-inclusive holiday for a family of four. The fees for here are the equivalent of one... You know, Fortnite's all inclusive for a family of four. <laughs> it's not You're that doing great there. a deal, is it? Considering for the same money, you yeah. could have what a Fortnite's all inclusive holiday for a family of four. Well, the subtext of that statement is that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but she, she. I imagine the next line. Static- the next line from that that they just cut out is her going, "Have you ever tried the food abroad?" you ask for an egg and it comes up and I don't know what it's from but it's not a British hen (laughs) repulsive I once wrote I I took obsession with such a caravan into my adulthood um, to the point where I wrote a failed um, radio sitcom pilot based on my days in the Merchant Navy this is a whole other conversation (laughs) Um, but it it, it starred Brian Blessed and he, he was in it as a ship's captain obsessed with static caravans. And, he'd say, <laughs> and they'd be sailing around Britain in this little ship and he'd say things like, well, you know, the Monza 16-footer is very good. And the skylights opened up to... It was just very, very weird. And they, turned, they quite rightly turned it down. Anyway. Um, th- this was the same episode as um, 
Fake or Fortune as well with mm. Fiona Bruce and was it Philip Mould? Philip Mould. Was that his name? Yeah. Philip Mould. Philip Mould. So it's another one of those sort of, you know, antique style things where I think they get people, well, I, don't, I didn't really get the pro, it's no different to any other of the same no, programs where no, people bring their junk and then they get it valued. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's so good, John, I can't tell you. It's, it's <laughs> because it isn't junk. What it is is someone goes, 10 years ago, I bought this off a bloke who said it was by the sculptor Henry Moore. Um, now I need to try and prove it's Henry Moore so I can get £2 million for it. What you want us to do now, then, is make the strongest possible case exactly, yeah. for the Henry Moore Foundation then to consider. Yes. Well, if we can prove that this is a one-off, not, not one of a series, but a, a unique object by a, a much-loved, highly-regarded sculptor of the 20th century, we could be talking in excess of half a million pounds. Who, who knows? Could even be a million pounds. Wow. And what they yeah. do is they, they, they'll go through and they'll go, let's find all the records for this. And the, the richer the person who brings the art, the higher the chances it's genuine, basically. <laughs> right. So the ones that you want to do well rarely do. Um, the, 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 there's another little like, rule of thumb with it. If, if you've heard of the artist, by the end of the episode, it's going to be a fake. If you've never heard Ooh. of the artist, by the end, it's always fortune. And that right. fortune ah. will be about three grand. That's the, the yeah. thing. Right. But it's, it's a knockout show. You would not have guessed it from this, considering they got to say one sentence each before mm. Alex and Jermaine had to guess whether this was a genuine <laughs> Elizabethan portrait or a fake. So what we've done, we've asked you to bring a painting along and yeah. then at home as well, play along, because we're going to try and guess, aren't we, whether it is fake or fortune. So, <laughs> Philip, you've got the painting that we're going to guess on, yeah. right? I have. OK, and, and the I, details. And the details. So I'm going to show it to you now. All right. And <laughs> here he is. Oh. And the question that I have for you is, is this a 16th century Elizabethan portrait of an admiral yeah or is it just a 20th century fake you might as well have asked two fucking cats they, was, they, they were looking there was no clues given they were just looking at it blankly it was it made it seem like a really shitty show when actually it's a properly good detective series well, there you see. Well, it, it, you're right because I didn't know anything about it, and I and until you told me that, I would never have watched it. And now I might. So you should have gone on the one show and done the sell for this, Mark. <laughs> Far better. I have a feeling, even though their vetting procedure isn't that thorough, I have a feeling that I might fall at an early hurdle now. <laughs> I noticed uh, at one point the the, the, the posh. Who's, what's the guy in that? Scene? Philip. You know, Philip Folded mould. He said the word provenance, but he went provenance. So, so basically, we, we we treat every work of art like a crime scene. You know, we hit it with the forensics, the stylistic analysis, the provenance. You know, the history of the thing. <laughs> I don't. Oh. <laughs> well, I liked Alex's niche reference where she just where, where they were talking about being detectives for this stuff, and she just went, "You're like Dempsey and Makepeace." You are like Dempsey and Makepeace, aren't you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, one for the younger one show viewers there, that, that reference, I think. <laughs> you think of You're like the Sweeney. You're like the Sweeney. It was a weird one because you think as well of the number of like people who have been in detective cop shows that have been on the one show in the last 10 years who she's talked to and met. And yet Dempsey and Makepeace is the first thing that comes to mind for her. <laughs> funny, By the way, the, the, is there a clue at all? I love the idea that, you know, if they're sitting there and it's... It's the Mona Lisa. <laughs> and we've been using it to I don't know, kill badgers or something like that. We've yeah. just been prop- It's almost like they've been using it as a draft exclusive. You go, it's the yeah. Mona Lisa. You go, well, it's probably... I mean, the things they... 
Yeah, those things, I mean, I, I've noticed that on the Antiques Roadshow as well. It's always funny the things that they've been using it for or yeah. where it's been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you go... It, it's, always, it's always someone who's like, this painting, well, we use this for kicking practice. And it's just <laughs> rich people treating things that are obviously valuable badly. Um, and then, yeah, of course, yeah. at the end, they're told it is worth £2 million and the BBC have paid to restore it. So um, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, has any of those but, things been? Has any of those things been ever rendered? Like they've they've actually had the, they, you know, it turns out that the the painting of Van Gogh's sunflowers is fake, and you know the one in the museum, and they've got the real one, but they've used it to fry chips in for the last twenty years, and now they've ruined it. So I mean, what, what is funny about the stuff on Fake or Fortune is. Uh, you know, it, it might be by Constable, but it's basically a picture that nobody in Constable's lifetime thought was that good. So it is the worst of the best it, at, yeah. at, 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 at the sort of like the luckiest. You've got the worst thing by one of the better artists. Most of the time, it's you've got a middling thing by quite a bad artist. It's it's a great show. I really really like it. It um, was rendered, yeah. But that quiz they did at the end with Alex and Jermaine, when when they, as you said, they got to look at this painting, and mm. but they were they were trying to sort of because they've got some television time to fill. They were asking sort of questions about it, like going, well, the person in the Elizabethan costume in the painting looks like it looks like they're abroad, but you wouldn't wear that abroad. Cause it looks too hot. <laughs> well, I like the costume. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've got to think: would someone wearing that costume? really be on a journey to foreign clients. It's not practical, and is it? And then it turned out it was genuine and worth 70k. I, I did also like that, that Philip Mould, it turned out to be his picture as well, and I don't think yeah. it's a good oh, yeah. to go on telly to sort of just go, I brought you one of my 70 grand paintings for a laugh. Um, but I like the fact that he was genuinely surprised when Jermaine asked a question that he thought was sort of surprisingly uh, astute. So Jermaine had said along the lines of that thing of going, that doesn't look like the sort of thing you'd wear abroad. And he properly patronisingly went, great question. It's not I don't think anything was practical around those times, though, really. It was more about the look. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) But this was the episode with Matt Damon on as well. And, of course, Matt Mm -hmm. Damon, what they've started to do, this is new, I think, in that because guests used to be on the green sofa before the pandemic, right? So now they can get Mm. bigger name Hollywood stars because they can just do it from their house. But what they do is they make them stay on the line for the whole programme. It's mad. So Matt Damon's having to sit there watching the caravan film and this fake or fortune thing because they have him, they had Matt Damon right at the beginning. But first, let us say hello, can you believe it, to Matt Damon. Oh, Matt Damon. Good evening. Big applause. Big applause. Hey, guys. And they could have just done the interview there, but no, they asked him so many name questions at the beginning. Um, and then they had the, car- the, the caravan film, and then it was, of course, Matt Damon. You like caravans, don't you? Mm. Of course, that was a question. <laughs> then he popped up again to talk a bit about the Olympics, and then uh, they'd left him waiting right to the very end when they just asked him if he was going to make any more... Well, this, the question was, what movie that, have you made that you regret? What, what wasn't it? That was the question. Matt Damon, you are a common denominator in my list of favourite films. How nice is that? But are there any which you regret starring in? What's yeah, what's the shittiest yeah. film, Damon, yeah. that you've... Because we've got, we've got a list, Damon. We've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> I was very tactful, When I was watching it, I, and then it was proven wrong at the end, I was so smug, I was thinking, they pre-recorded these bits. You know, they, they did these bits, and then because they do that, don't they? They'll, they'll pre-record yeah. certain mm. little bits, like on the, on the couches. Uh, but then that bit, and it was almost like they went, ah, you thought we pre-recorded... Oh, no, he's there with the thing, but... I was distracted by the bottles on his wall. <laughs> yeah. There were weird bottles on his wall with, I don't know, like, fingers or like... <laughs> 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 just, 
remains like you know. My absolute favourite on that is no, they no one picked up on it because no one's sort of like really listening to what he's saying. That's a big one show yeah. thing. No one listens to what the answers oh, are. Oh really? But he, um, they said. So what have you been up to? And he said. I've kind of been on the hamster wheel uh, promoting still water. Well, I've kind of been on the hamster wheel promoting uh, still water. It's a bit like, no, you're on the hamster wheel now. You <laughs> don't reference being wheel. on the hamster wheel when you're on the hamster wheel. <laughs> that's, that's what he's calling it, the hamster wheel. And, and for their first yeah. question, they say, you know, I don't know if you've seen, you've probably been doing junkets all day, but Simone Biles has pulled out of the Olympics. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. how will ho- the whole of America react to that? Uh, Matt, there's a big Olympic story today that is basically the Olympic gymnast, uh, Simone Biles. She's had to pull out, mm. citing mental health issues. Um, it's obviously a big blow for Team USA. How do you think the news will be received in America? <laughs> it's a bit like, oh, fucking, I don't know. It um, was very weird, that. It was weird because I know, you know, because it's like, it's a weird, it was like sm- very, very formalized small talk through Ooh. a screen, wasn't it? Where you would go, like, because all of a sudden you're interviewing Matt Damon. It's almost like Matt Damon. They've, made, they've decided that Matt Damon is the head of Team Olympics USA. Like, what do you have to say? Like, you know, have you got anything to say to the family of the people horrified that she's quit the Olympics? Like, come on. You know. it, it's such a weird thing where you have a big star on, and instead of that mm. elevating the show, the show takes that as an opportunity to drag yes. the big star down to their level. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it yeah. was. Uh, it was there was no difference between that and a vox pop with a member of the public you know yes i, I, I don't know why you treat him like that it's it's just weird they, they started asking about his new film which is still water um which um i i've been reading quite a lot about in the weeks before because amanda knox um had been uh tweeting about it just yes she had yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. Di- i think the director had said that it was it was based uh, and fictionalized version of the amanda knox um you, you want to say case i suppose um, she said it ripped off my story without my consent at the expense of my reputation. Um, and I, mm. they didn't touch on that. And I know Matt Damon, no. I know it's not a hard hitting thing. I know you're not, you know, the one show sort of, you know, isn't there to kind of go, so did you see the comments that Amanda Knox said? But but just to sort of ignore it, I sort of felt, oh, you're complicit in this sort of, you know, in making Amanda Knox have a bad day, have a bad year. Um, and, I, and I hate them even more as a result. <laughs> Well, they think yeah. to do it that presumably to do that, they'd have to do it in a one-show style, wouldn't they? Because they say, "I hear you have a funny story yes. about how Amanda Knox felt that you stole." I hear you got that anecdote. There was even a struggle with the, the, what it's about when Alex had to sort of outline the synopsis of it. So she mm. sort of said, "Well, you know, it's um, oh, it's about a murder." Awkward. Well. Look, I'll set the scene, right? So Matt plays an oil worker from Oklahoma whose daughter's been locked up in Marseille for murdering her partner. Oh, okay. yeah. She did it in a, in a yes. strange sort of, well, here we go, got to do this, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not very good at this, but ha, ha, ha. Usually we have films about herring stocks, but I've got to say the word murder. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, he's, uh, I do like the way as well that it's based on the Amanda Knox thing and they've just sort of gone, how can we make it different? So it's about a dad whose daughter is locked up for murdering her partner in Marseille. Uh, but she yeah. doesn't, doesn't do it. And that thing of just going different European city, totes different. You know, really. um, but Matt Damon, Matt Damon well. is a man. Matt Damon is yes. a man who flies to Marseille to retrieve a bike that's been stolen. <laughs> he, he's, I just want my bike back. I've seen him actually. Can I say I've, 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 I haven't seen that movie. I've heard it's brilliant, mm. but it's like they pointed out it's not the Liam Neeson movie. You know, like no. Taken, whatever. But apparent, but every time I've seen him interviewed about two or three times. And every time he keeps going, 
they're marketing it wrong because <laughs> they keep selling it as like Matt Damon just wants his daughter back. Yeah. And apparently, it's a, it's a very thoughtful thing about a man having failed his childhood, and he's not an action hero at all. But he yeah. keeps complaining on shows about the marketing of it. <laughs> he doesn't do himself any favors because there was, I was thinking he said one sentence that taken out of context and, for example, just I don't know, played in on a podcast makes him sound like a really bad person. At one point he said... Yeah, I think I'm probably pretty skilled at interacting with, you know, nine-year-old girls. And I thought, I'm glad I didn't just switch the television on at that point. Do you know what it is? It's the, yeah. word, it's the word skilled, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the word skilled is actually the thing that's more, more yes, the problem. Yeah. They, they did also, because it's the one show, it's very possible you would just turn on for a second and go, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. turn on the TV. You accidentally turn on the one show and you go, I'm pretty skilled at interacting with nine-year-old girls. I've got the one show and there we bring the podcast to an abrupt halt as that's the end of part one pop to the loo collect the interval drink you bought at the beginning of the podcast and we'll see you back here tomorrow for part two of the return of the one show show Remember leaving the house and going to stuff? Well, it's back, because Great Big Owl is bringing some of our favourite shows to the London Podcast Festival, starting September the 2nd, and we'd love to see you there. So if you're a fan of... Two Mr P's in a podcast. Brian and Roger. My mate Water Toaster. Friends with Friends. The The One Show Show. Richard and Greta. From Queer to Eternity. Wrestle Me. Or Just Daytime Drinking. Then go to the King's Place website and grab some tickets now. And by some tickets, we ideally mean eight tickets, that's one for each show. Actually, bring a friend and make that 16 tickets. Great Big Owl, the only podcast network with the audacity to ask you to buy 16 tickets in one go. But we'll be thrilled if you just buy one. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.